everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. From the UK to the USA and beyond, my next guest was originally called to, quote, evangelize Christians, end quote. That is, to rehearse from scriptures that before we were saved, we were much more unsaved than we thought we were, and now that we are saved, we are much more saved than we think we are, end quote. What? <laughs> Pastor Paris goes on to say, and I quote, The terms of the new covenant that the Lord Jesus Christ inaugurated in His shed blood takes us from a substandard, carnal Christianity to a level of union of intimacy with our Lord that enables us to be testimonies of Jesus End quote. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is just some of what we will hear today in addition to his classic devotional read for men and women entitled, Act Like a Man, plus his own incredible story of more than 70 years of ministry when first called to preach at the tender age of 15 until now, 85 years young and still going strong in life and in Christ. Please welcome a high honor indeed, internationally recognized pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, author, mentor, and more, Peter Paris. Pastor Paris, Peter, sir, welcome <laughs> to Testimony. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, the trouble is, Jensine, I've got to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will. And beautifully so. First of all, full disclosure, my husband Dan and I were privileged to have you officiate our wedding in beautiful Rancho Santa Fe at the Rancho Valencia Resort 30 years ago this November with dear friends that our family, Connie and Bill McNally, all of us blessed by your wonderful teaching, preaching, great humor, and more, we thank you and will forever be grateful. That said, let's get right to your amazing story, how you, Peter Paris, came to faith in Jesus Christ, your early beginnings, career, first marriage, and more, and how you came to write Act Like a Man, which we will talk about today. Peter Paris, please tell us your story. Well, um, yes, the the uh, sort of origins was um, back in a little place in South London called Peckham. Uh, but I had the privilege of being invited along to a Baptist church. And the, the minister there, Reverend Theo M. Bamba, um, was a, a wonderful man of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he was a, a great teacher. He kept um, young people like myself engaged um, as he unfolded what I would say, looking back on his ministry, uh, was um, the glory of Christ. And uh, uh, he said 
in those early years, I spoke to him once and he said um, the hallmarks of a growing Christian is that they grow in their knowledge and love for the person of the Lord Jesus. And that, that's never left me. It, it sort of uh, put a goal in front of me at the, in those early years. And so um, that's where I was from, South London. So I am from the South. <laughs> and uh, then um, uh, during the course of um, my early years, uh, I was 12 years at the Baptist Church. And then there was um, what we come to know as the charismatic movement in London. And I became very interested. I was meeting with Christians who seemed to be much more alive than the environment I was in and uh, made me hungry for the Lord. And uh, to cut a long story short, um, I started to attend Westminster Chapel under Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who um, added a, a new dimension of thought, and that was the sovereignty of God, uh, uh, along with so much, of course, we, we owe to his teaching. And uh, to cut a long story short, uh, because of our time's sake, um, I was some years at, uh, at the uh, Westminster Chapel, where uh, on a Friday night uh, we had the, the doctor speaking, and uh, on a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening. So over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we were able to hear the doctor three times. So we came very close to him and his two daughters and their husbands, and uh, it was a, another sort of step in a different direction, but always um, pointing to the Lord. And uh, then came under the influence of a, a man called Wally North, who was an itinerant preacher, who I would say taught me much more about um, what it was uh, to live uh, by the Spirit and to live in the Spirit. Uh, so all these sort of mentors I was being given by God were giving me um, much more information uh, which was able to be translated into experience of, of the Lord himself. And so um, that was uh, uh, took me to where, although I was um, at that time uh, a part-time lecturer at the London College of Printing, I was there full-time as a on the technical staff. Right. And that uh, was there for seven years, uh, and the Lord taught me there that uh, he didn't want me to go to a particular seminary, um, he wanted me to do uh, much more experimental Christianity in life. And uh, so uh, for seven years, I was at London College of Printing. And then after seven years, uh, and that's a whole sort of series of miracles that I could um, uh, uh, at some point <laughs> let you know. But uh, the outcome was that I felt in my spirit the Lord calling me to wait on him and to leave my job and serve him and live by the gospel uh, with the, these uh, sort of provisos that I would let and uh, never let my needs be known because he would take care of me. Wow. And that I wasn't to take um, social security uh, for unemployment because he would supply. And that started me on a, a wonderful sort of quest for knowing God and seeing how miraculously he supplied 
Uh, and it was all um, just an amazing sort of uh, discovery of the uh, the wonder of God's sovereignty and God's provision. So I, I don't know whether that uh, sort of gives an introduction. Uh, are there any questions that you wanted to ask? Or sh- shall I continue? Well, it's a beautiful place to take a brief pause so that the listener uh, can know that they are listening to Pastor author, evangelist, internationally renowned teacher, Peter Paris. So absolutely, Pastor Paris, I have a list of questions for you. I'd like to get right into that. And we certainly want you to expound uh, as much or little as you would like. But by the way, your last statement about not taking Social Security and totally trusting God is unheard of. Unbelievable. Um, That is a story that probably deserves an entire half hour or hour just on the miracles of that. (laughs) But let's get to our next question, if we can. You are a father of three, Teresa, Anna, and David, grandfather of 13, and more recently, great-grandfather of 10. One word, wow, Question, how did, quote, acting like a man from your classic Act Like a Man devotional help you father your own children when woke culture today seeks to do the opposite in minimizing and emasculating men instead of honoring and respecting as God would have it? Your thoughts. Uh, yes, well, you, you, you touch on a very relevant subject. Um, well, I, I feel that, that those um, daily readings came about um, because uh, someone collected three years of them, and I used to do one a week for our uh, bulletin, and uh, asked me why I don't put them in a book. And I said, well, they're, they're, they're not a theme, they're, they're sort of go from one theme to another. And uh, then they said, well, why don't you make it into a daily readings? So that was sort of, uh, it was over a period of time during which, of course, um, I was coming to the end of uh, fathering three children at home because by the time the book was published, um, two of them were married and uh, one of them was um, finishing off his um, education at the uh, San Diego State University. That's my son, David. Um, And so, uh, in a sense, um, their home life, as far as um, Brenda at that time, Brenda and I were concerned, um, they'd emptied the nest. They'd they'd gone. (laughs) So um, it it really um, was my sort of upbringing being mentored by men like uh, Theo Bamba, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and uh, Wally North and a guy called Bryn Jones and another wonderful man, Ern Baxter, um, who had sort of put input into me and I was able to ultimately translate that into living and uh, uh, emphasizing of the truth to the children. The children, the three of them, at an early age, 
they were around six when they asked me to, um, uh, my daughter, uh, Teresa, the oldest, um, uh, when she was six, she asked me if she could be baptized. And then, of course, we had a nine-year gap between the first two. And by the time my daughter Anna was born, and when she was six, um, she asked me to, if she could be baptized. And, and I prayed about it because it was very young. And I felt the Lord gave me that hymn, and the infant voices shall proclaim their early mm. blessings on his name. And so I felt very confident in baptizing her. And then my son David, um, around five or six, he he was always very tender towards the Lord. He asked if he could be baptized. And and I I, I remember specifically at one meeting we were having, just just praise and worship on a Saturday night, no preaching or anything, just to come and praise and worship. He had a vision of the Lord standing there. And he put his hands up in in the air, um, uh, so he early wow. had this sort of experience. And so uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but um, the uh, the writing of the book really um, occurred uh, towards the end of their um, home life with us. That's um, fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to pastor and author Peter Paris his latest must-read, Act Like a Man. Which brings me to my next question, uh, Peter, sir, if I may. What does it mean to, quote, act like a man, and what doesn't it mean spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, and, well, every way? Can you expound? Well, yes, it comes obviously from the quote where the Apostle Paul is um, telling them to act like men, uh, be strong, uh, and let all that you do be done in love. Uh, so that's the scripture, um, act like a man, act like men, be strong, and let all you do be done in love. Um, and what it's it's saying there is um, this is the time, the time that God wants women <laughs> to act like men, because what he's saying here is that God asks men to be strong, and uh, but women are also asked to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So there's a sense in which this act like a man is really saying to us all, um, you can be strengthened to be who God has made you. And uh, if God has made you a man, uh, then the devil will do everything to undermine that and to feminize you. And if you've been created a woman, uh, the enemy is out to destroy your womanhood and make you as masculine as possible. And so you get um, uh, what is not new at all, is the feminizing of men and the masculizing uh, of women and that's not God's order. And it isn't that a woman is second class or worth anything less. Um, God paid the same price for a woman as he did for a man. And uh, being a woman is uh, some sort of aspect of the divine nature because he made man, male and female, in his image. Uh, so um, rather than decry, it's uh, a wonderful 
a beautiful illustration of Christ, the head of the church, and his body, the church, the bride, and uh, a male and a female coming together in union uh, um, should be a testimony to Christ and the church. And so man has been given the privilege of representing in this um, figure of a man and a woman of the head, and the woman uh, represents the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's beautiful. And, and uh, yes. so that's sort of my take on it. And so I, I brought up the women uh, with my wife um, to be girls and for my son uh, to be a boy. And so I would do things with my son that were uh, male-ish, um, not sort of feminine. And uh, right. so I would, I would, yeah, I would, I would seek to bring him up in his manhood as I did my daughters, um, glorying in their femininity, uh, which was all a gift of God. Amen and amen. Uh, Pastor Paris, in your classic, Great Read, Act Like a Man, for women as well, you have penned 365 devotions, one for every day of the year, rich in content, my view, practical subject matter with scriptural reference and on practically every topic, just fantastic. And I would add more relevant now than ever before. That said, of the 365 penned devotions, which three topics stand out as the most needed, yet often less heated and why? Well, yes, um, very interesting question. Um, It's difficult to answer because the the Christian life um, is such, for instance, uh, I was with a man this morning, um, and he's got his history with the Lord, and I've got mine. And what is interesting, um, things that God is doing in him, God isn't doing in me, but things that God is doing in me, he isn't doing in him. So it's it's difficult to know sort of uh, what are the kingpins. Um, what what I would say in answer to your question, and, and, and I'm trying to um, do that as faithfully as possible, is um, I want the focus to be on a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus um, that enables us to hear his voice my sheep hear my voice. And to be led by the Spirit, which is not in any way undermining the Scripture. On the, on the contrary, we've got the Scriptures as a, a wonderful gift of God. And you can't overstate the need to soak ourselves in the Scriptures. Um, but what is behind my thinking is that there's a substandard Christianity that obtains, which I call a carnal Christianity, which the Lord showed me I was part of. And it it was a sort of revelation to me. Mm. Uh, it was a correction in my spirit. This is um, many years ago. And the Lord started to sort of show me um, incrementally I, I began to grow in this, that it, he's much more interested 
in what he's doing in me than what I can do for him. Mm. And my identity should not be in what I'm doing out there so much as uh, becoming more acquainted with him. So that's life. Jesus gives this short definition of what eternal life is. And it's this is eternal life. Oh, this is. What is this? This is eternal life. That they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And of course you get Moses, that I may know you, and the Apostle Paul, that I may know him. But Paul, you were taken up into the third heaven, and uh, you saw Jesus face to face. You got the gospel from him. Don't you already know him? But it wasn't sufficient. And and, and that's who God is. You, wow. you can never sort of know God to the point of, well, I've done that. No, no, no. We'll take all eternity. I mean, those angels that, that say, holy, 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 they don't get fed up with saying that. <laughs> if, if we were... If we were to sing Holy, 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 the hymn, a dozen times, we'd look at each other and sort of say, well, that's enough. But, <laughs> but they cry, and the reason they cry Holy, Holy, Holy is God is infinite, and they're having a discovery of God every moment, and it, it's all wow moments. And, and that'll be our lot in all eternity. But God introduces us to that now that we can know him. How beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to internationally acclaimed pastor, author, and teacher, Peter Paris. Uh, pastor Paris, I recall hearing you teach on worship and warfare and how our, mm. quote, work is our worship, end quote, as unto the Lord and our vocation, our calling. In other words, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't have to be behind a pulpit to be a, quote, minister of the gospel, we are all called as Christians to be ministers of his grace in fulfilling the Great Commission. Speak to that, if you will, and the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill whatever call we are given in life and in Christ. Well, yeah, that's that's wonderful, Jensen. The, um, the fact that we're all called to be a minister of Christ, and uh, we all have a testimony. When I say we all, those who are truly born again of God, born of the Spirit, and of course, um, what I believe also uh, is not only are we born of the Spirit, but there is what is the Scripture calls the anointing. See, um, go back to the Lord Jesus. One cannot deny what the incarnation is about. It's um, God becoming man. And the Holy Spirit produced Jesus in the womb of Mary. And she conceived of the Holy Spirit. So there's no doubt Jesus himself was conceived and birthed by the Holy Spirit. But he lived 30 years as a man in communion with his father at 12 years of age told his parents we were looking for him for three days <laughs> I, 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 didn't you know I'm about my father's business so he knew Joseph wasn't his father he knew his father's business it was temple business that's where he was anyway that's as an aside um, but at the age of 30 Luke's gospel is very clear in chapter 3 and chapter 4 that when 
uh, he goes down to be baptized by John the Baptist. Um, the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon him in the form of a dove, and it said he, being 30 years of age, he began his ministry. And it speaks of Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit and being driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And there he was tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. Jesus overcomes the devil in this ministry God has given him with what Peter says is his anointing. He anointed Jesus, who went about doing good. And this beginning of miracles Jesus did. So his ministry was be- the beginning of his miraculous ministry. wasn't until he was 30. All I'm saying is his birth wasn't his anointing, and his anointing wasn't his birth. And because um, Christians can be born of the Spirit by the Word of God, can be born again of incorruptible seed, and unless you have the Spirit of God, you're none of His. Uh, but um, is that being honest with the Scriptures if um, you haven't received the Holy Spirit coming upon you? And so the, the words that are used in Luke's Gospel about Jesus, the Holy Spirit coming upon Him, being filled with the Spirit, and going forth in the power of the Spirit, Jesus speaks to His disciples concerning the promise of the Father which they are to receive. And uh, he said this after his resurrection and after he breathed on them. Now, please listen to this. This is the, the creator himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, who spoke the universe into being with a word. He breathes on them and says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Now, you've got to be adhering to a system of theology that doesn't believe that, to say that nothing happened or that this was a sign of something that would happen 10 days later. This is the one who they touched his garments and were healed. He spoke the word. He didn't have to be there, and they were healed. So all I'm saying is that we can't be born again until the resurrection of Jesus. This is Jesus in his resurrection, breathing life by the Spirit, into them and then what happened later was the Holy Spirit fell on them Uh, so this may be controversial to get into what I would sort of reduce it down to this whatever your doctrine of whether you receive everything that God has got for you at your conversion or whether there is an experience of the Holy Spirit coming upon you as separate to being born of the Spirit, um, what is the outcome? Jesus said this, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit that had not yet been given. And so just to take uh, stock of ourselves, uh, am I flowing like a river? Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Or have I got one foot in Adam and one in Christ? Am I in this sort of neither hot nor cold? Am I in this sort of position of neutrality? So I'll stop there for a moment, but I'd like to get back to um, what I would call the sin of neutrality 
um, because that, that's sort of heavy on my heart. But yes. have you got anything to, to say so far? Well, I would love for you to expound upon that. And then I have a question for you um, yes. that has to do with what you just shared. Uh, and I will just say this uh, quickly, uh, and then you can answer after you share what's on your heart. I have often used the story, Peter Paris, of uh, you sharing as a Baptist preacher how you encountered the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time and how that experience changed everything for you. So yes, please go ahead, but I would love for you to expound on that as well. <laughs> well, yes, um, I was a Christian for 12 years and I was um, speaking and preaching and I was being used by the grace of God to um, bring people to the Lord um, in conversion. Uh, but as I say, the, the Holy Spirit movement was, a charismatic movement was happening in England. I was meeting people that were really alive. Uh, and to cut the story short, one night um, I was in the house on my own and I'd been seeking the Lord um, over a period of time. And uh, in my prayer, I was just kneeling down and praying and the Holy Spirit fell on me. And, and that was an experience. And it was, it was a, a literal experience. And I spoke in tongues. Um, I thought, oh, blow, I'm going to speak in tongues. And as a good old Baptist, I, I, I didn't even believe in it. And here I was speaking in an unknown language. Right. And uh, uh, what changed sort of my outlook from then was I asked God to give me the interpretation because that's what Paul says if anyone speaks an unknown tongue. Yes. Let him pray that he may interpret. And sometimes you, you may not get the interpretation. Sometimes God will give it to you. But the interpretation changed my whole um, direction and thinking. And it was a, I knew it was from God influencing my mind and giving me these thoughts in my mind because I didn't agree with it theologically. Quickly, this is how it came. Uh, the interpretation was all things are for you. Well, immediately I thought of Jesus saying, um, that which is not for me is against me. And, and so I said that. But I said, Lord, isn't there things that are against me? So uh, then I felt the Lord speak clearly into my heart. That which is for you is for you. And that which is against you is for you because God works all things together for good to those that love God. So oh, wow, even what's against me is for me. Then, then please listen to this and uh, um, understand the trauma that was going through my mind. Yes. I felt the Lord say to me, Satan, the devil, is for you. And it was as though um, he's sort of baiting me. So I said, well, Lord, I know that's not true. He's, he's not for me. He's, <laughs> he's my enemy. He's, he stands against me. Right. And this is what I felt the Lord said. When Satan wants to curse you, it's got to come through me to get to you. And by the time what he has designed gets through me to you, it's a blessing. And then he said this, if God be for you, who can be against you? And so I thought, 
this is this is incredible. My, even my enemy is for me in the sovereignty <laughs> of God. That whatever Satan wants to do against me, he's got no. Um, he can't touch me in God. My life is hid with Christ in God. Right. And so by the time what he wants to do for me, um, it comes through God, which, of course, God's over it all. Uh, it's a blessing. It's, it's like Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so that changed my whole life. I, I, I stood up and I said, from this moment on, God is for me. Everything is for me. And so it, it changed changed my whole outlook on whatever I was going to encounter, and which I, I needed that when my wife was going to fall ill with cancer and die. Uh, so right. I, I, I needed that. Anyway, that's, uh, that's my sort of understanding of it. That is just fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to pastor, author, internationally acclaimed teacher, Peter Paris on his must-read classic devotional, Act Like a Man. Okay, now, a loaded and three-part question. You dedicate your book, Act Like a Man, in part to your father, Charles E. Paris, who received Christ at the end of his life, and while a, quote, nominal Christian, uh, as you write about, was used by God as an example of, quote, manhood in responsibility, industry, and affection, end quote. Talk about the impact of that on your life. And two, which you've already alluded to earlier, uh, those you credit for your spiritual walk and growth, namely Apostle Ern Baxter, Bryn Jones, and Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones of Westminster Chapel, London, just to name a few. And finally, but certainly not least, you give special acknowledgement to the mother of your children, Brenda Paris of Blessed Memory, who passed on to glory in 1995 from breast cancer. Share the value and importance of that childhood love and marriage of 34 years, if you can. And now second chances with your beloved Carla and God's faithfulness to always give us his best and in his time, Pastor Paris. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the original part of the question concerning my, my natural father, yeah, I thank God that he's sovereign over our families and you know where we come from and what's going on all the time. Uh, I can look back and uh, see influences um, that were the Lord, uh, and I never knew him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I congratulated my father on being a man, acting like a man um, in very natural ways because he wasn't a Christian. Uh, we were sort of nominally Church of England, but we never went except for uh, funerals and marriages and christenings. Um, uh, but they used to say their prayers, my mum and dad. Uh, well, at least they, they told me they didn't. They they, uh, they sent me to Sunday school. Um, but I, I, when I came to know the Lord, I, I knew that they didn't know the Lord like that. Like, they, they'd never been born again of the Spirit of God. And uh, so it's a lovely story with my dad. So I prayed for him for about 30, 30 years. And um, 
my brother called me one day and said, I was in America, and he said, Dad's dying and he's asking for you. Mm. So it's kind of a long story short. I went home, and uh, but we, I, I got down on my knees where I was, and um, I started to weep because I, I thought my dad was going to a lost eternity. And uh, as I was weeping, the Lord gave me a poem, and mm. so I started to write it down. I say the Lord gave it to me because I, I couldn't have made this stuff up, but it said, I started to write it down. In the arms of Jesus, rest your weary soul. Life has had its measure. You have found your goal. All the labor of your days, like vapor, disappears. The glory of celestial rays wipes away your tears. The former things have passed away, not you, my darling dad. You have entered endless day. Only we are sad. And I couldn't believe it because it's oh. really saying he's going to be with the Lord, although yes. his whole life is just like a vapor. But um, cut a long story short, I got home. My brother took me to the hospital, and it was where I started to preach at the age of 15, in these wards. I thought, I'd preach the gospel to dying people here, and there's my dad dying. Anyway, when my dad saw me, um, he was the nearest to the nurses' station, so that meant he was the sickest. <laughs> so uh, he said, Peter boy, he used to call me Peter boy. Peter boy, he said, uh, I-, I want the Lord to be my Lord. Can you believe that? Wow. And uh, so I was able to wonderfully lead him to the Lord, and uh, uh, he prayed a wonderful prayer. Anyway, all that to say, um, uh, he came right at the last um, to know Jesus as his Savior. So, yeah, uh, that was the influence. Uh, He was always on my brother and me um, to be responsible, to act responsibly, and uh, to act like a man. Amen and amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Peter Paris. Um, Peter, in our remaining time here today, aside from getting and reading a copy of your incredible daily devotional, Act Like a Man, available at zulonpress.com, that's X-U-L-O-N press.com slash bookstore, and daily blog devotionals found on your website at peterparis.net. What one word of advice do you deem supreme over all others for living a fulfilling and victorious life in Christ and with each other? Well, um, to to sum it up briefly, um, to be led by the Spirit, uh, this... um, it, it categorizes those who are led by the Spirit. These are the sons of God. And God is wanting this heart relationship with us where, as far as he's concerned, as he said to Jeremiah, I'm in this with my whole heart and my whole soul. And what we're asked to do is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And... This is no longer an impossibility. It's impossible for the natural man to achieve that. But uh, the Lord in conversion, if it's true new birth, he purifies our heart. God having purified their hearts by faith, says Peter. And uh, Paul says to Timothy, you make sure your companions are those that call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. This pure heart is a new heart for the new creature of the new covenant. 
And the, Paul says, the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts. And so it appears to me that what God is doing, uh, the love that Jesus had for the Father, Jesus said he has for us. The love the Father has for Jesus, Jesus says uh, the Father has for us. And Jesus prayed that the love wherewith you have loved me, Father, may be in them and I in them. And to foster uh, by focusing upon Jesus, by discarding the distractions, by turning off the television and the media that fill us with worldly and carnal thoughts, uh, and we won't get into that, but uh, to go and shut the door, shut the door on the universe and shut yourself in with God and understand his love for you, the great love that God has for you. And then from being loved and known, you're loved of God and owned of God and bought of God and purchased, then return from a, a new purified heart, um, love for God, and then grow in that. Uh, And you grow in it by getting to know him more, and the more you know him, uh, the more you love him. Amen and amen. Just a couple more questions. At age 85, with 70 years of ministry in which to reflect, how sweet is it? With beautiful and talented wife, Carla, of 27 years, your family and extended family, and young pastors and their wives that you continue to mentor today, your thoughts, greatest joy, and regrets, if any? Well, the the great joy of my life, it, of course, um, in the last 27 years has been my wonderful wife, Carla, uh, she's just a, a, a gift of God. It's it, it sort of incredible. I was, I was given three lives, one without God, then one with God, with my first wife, bringing up my children. And then when they were out of the house and my wife went to be with the Lord, uh, God wonderfully introduced me um, to this uh, gorgeous creature called Carla. And uh, we won't get into the wonder of it and all the uh, the joy of it, but um, Carla has been, as far as I'm concerned, um, this incredible gift of God to me. And so she is uh, a joy of my life. And of course, I've got my children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, uh, uh, for which I thank God. Um Life, of course, um, is not without its um, problems and difficulties, uh, burdens. Um, uh, you know, we've got friends and loved ones who've got great needs. Uh, we ourselves are, at this moment, uh, in a, a wonderful place, and I'm feeling so physically fit and well, and uh, looking forward um, in a week or so to going to Greece with my wife and uh, 40 friends from uh, the group that we are identified with here, uh, Four Oaks, and with uh, Pastor Paul uh, Gilbert and his uh, uh, his wife and Susan. And uh, we're going to Greece to follow in the footsteps of St. Paul. 
So it, uh, we're just rejoicing in the goodness of God with all this is God. He wants us to do this, and we're going to have some fellowship. We're going to have some fun. And by the grace of God, we're praying all of us out of it. God will be glorified in it. That's my heart. Well, amen and amen. And I think you've already uh, answered my last question in part, which is, pastor, evangelist, teacher, author, mentor, Peter Paris Howe, do you want to be remembered with so much life yet to live? Your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in in a sense, um, I want to be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's all about the Lord. Uh, everything that uh, I have, all of us, it, it's the gift of God. Uh, this, this is a sort of wonderful revelation to us that uh, when Jesus said, "Without me, you could do nothing," but thank God we're not without Him. But he also said this, when you've done everything you should, you're still not profitable. You're not adding anything. <laughs> but what what we can do, Jensen, it would appear from the scriptures, is um, we can grieve God as Christians. Or we can please him. Mm. And, and we're not trying to yeah. buy his affection. He loved us while we were his enemies. How much more now we're his children. So uh, it's not a matter of um, wanting to buy his affections. Jesus said, I do all, always do those things that please the Father. Paul had ambition. He said, our ambition is to please him. So it's not wrong to have ambition as long as it is to please the Lord. And so whatever yeah. happens, I, I want the Lord to be remembered. And, and I trust um, to be able to be instrumental somehow in conveying what God has been to me, to others, so that they may enjoy the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to internationally recognized pastor, evangelist, itinerant speaker, teacher, and author of his classic devotional read, Act Like a Man, the incomparable Peter Paris, whose life and life's work speaks volumes beyond the printed page and whose 70 years of ministry, a godly example for us all. You can learn more about Pastor Paris's work, ministry, and mission by visiting peterparis.net and get his book at zulonpress.com. You will be exceedingly blessed, ignited, and inspired that you did. Pastor Paris, Peter, sir, it truly is an honor bringing your voice to testimony for such a time as this. And after all these years, wonderful memories, wonderful teaching, and still going strong. Your classic read, Act Like a Man, is not just for men, but for women too, and all in the body of Christ who desire to, quote, fight the good fight and live this Christian yeah. life, not in defeat, but in overcoming victory, joy, and the power of the Holy Spirit you so beautifully display in your own life. Revelation 12, 11 states, and I quote, We overcome 
by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, end quote. You have Hmm. done this, sir, and exceedingly so. We honor you, we thank you, and will always be eternally grateful to God for you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Dancing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.